Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting-edge, transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva Speaks. Hello, and welcome again to the show. Uh, I am so excited about tonight's uh, guest, and this is Geneva Williams, and welcome as we take a look into the heads and hearts of leaders and the great purpose they inspire in others. And tonight we're going to have a fascinating conversation uh, with our guest, Dr. Lorene Wissom who is CEO, founder of Masterpiece Solutions, a full-circle positioning, success, and business growth company that Dr. Lorene started almost 20 years ago upon leaving corporate America. As a renowned leadership coach, her clients refer to her as the, quote, million-dollar solutionist because she provides powerful results for entrepreneurs, executives, career professionals and nonprofit leaders who want to leverage their self-worth for high net worth. She's the founder of the Global Association of High Achieving Women, and that organization gifts women with strategies to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace. She's also co-authored several books, including a chapter in leadership guru Stephen Covey's new anthology, Success Simplified. Named as one of the top 25 most influential women in Houston, Texas, Dr. Lorene is extremely active in the community, believing that community service is essential to powerful leadership. Well, welcome, Dr. Lorene, and how are you? I am fine. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. And so, Dr. Lorraine, you know, you have such a phenomenal background, but why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, perhaps some things that I didn't cover in your introduction. Well, uh, I, I left Corporate America 15 years ago, not 20 years ago. Oh, and when okay. I worked at, Yeah, and, and, and when I worked in Corporate America, I did work, um, I, I held a position at, at the director's level, so I wasn't quite a C-suite individual, but I also knew, like many of, many of your listeners, that there was going to come a time that I did want to transition from working in corporate America and actually start my own company. And so that was when I decided I worked four years as an employed preneur, which meant I worked eight to five for my company and nights and weekends, you know, building my own uh, individual company. So I held two roles. I was an employer during the day and nights and weekends. I was mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Okay. Now, you know, our, what we want to talk about is that transition from C-suite to E-suite. So, Dr. Lorene, for, for those who may not be familiar with the term C-suite, and when we say E-suite, we're talking about entrepreneur. Why don't you tell us a little bit, what what is C-suite and what was your experience being in C-suite? Or a C-suite person is typically someone who works in corporate America. They're usually at a senior level 
position. Their title may okay. have senior manager, senior SVP, so they're going to be in that upper tier of, uh, you know, of personnel within a corporation. And typically, mm-hmm. if when you step out and start your own company, if you are the CEO of your company or the executive director of a nonprofit, you are considered a nonprofit's a little bit different, but you're considered an E-suite. So you're the equivalent to someone who was in corporate America holding that same position of being responsible for an organization or for a company. The okay, difference so is that mm-hmm. typically in corporate America, you're going to have your CFO who handles the finances, you're going to have your CEO who's the day-to-day operations, and then you'll have other SVPs. But if you're E-suite, you may wear all of those hats, which I don't advise, but starting off, you possibly could wear all of those hats. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a difference in, in resources that you might have being in the corporate world and, of course, out on your own sometimes as an entrepreneur. Right. Now, you but, may, but, you know, but so please, please go ahead. The interesting thing is in the corporate arena, they have a, a person for each of those titles. But when you're out on your own, if you are that only person initially, you still have to know all of those to make okay. your business successful. You still have to carry those same skill sets that four people may be sharing in corporate. You still have to maintain those same, those same skill sets. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you made your own journey from C-suite to E-suite to an entrepreneur. Tell us about that, and, and why did you do it? Well, I did it because I always knew from the minute I started working in corporate America, I knew that I was never going to be there the 30 years and get to go watch and retire. That was never my journey. But what I did know that I needed that training, that learning experience that I was going to have with them. I knew that I had knowledge gaps that I needed to get filled. I knew that I needed to learn how they ran business on a day-to-day operation so that when I stepped out to run my own company, I would have those skill sets. And I tell people I got my MBA working in corporate America because Mm -hmm. that was where I needed to learn. I needed to know what leadership skills, what were those leadership skills that were required to be successful. I needed to know how to think strategically. I needed to know technology, understand how to read financial documents. I needed to understand how to be a good team player how to lead a team, how do you communicate, how do you, you know, work in a change management environment, what skills are needed. So those skill sets alone, you you know, I developed them in corporate. I could have chose a different route. I could have just went straight to E-suite and went back to school and, you know, went through an MBA program. But I felt for me, what better teacher? They're paying me, and I'm learning from them. So it just made sense to learn from the corporate arena if you can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what about that transition from the corporate world to being on your own, running your own business? Uh, was it difficult? Was it an easy ride? It was not an easy ride. When you think about it, you work eight hours during the day, 
in the evenings you're working, you know, anywhere from three to four hours uh, working with the clients that you're building on the side. Uh, typically, I had no Saturdays. Saturdays was always meeting with clients, or if not, you were working. I had very few Sundays. that So I literally worked every day. But I wanted it bad enough that I was willing to do the work every day. And because I loved what I was doing away from my corporate job, it didn't seem like work because it was what I knew that I wanted to do. Mhm, mhm. You you mentioned that um, you you were able to 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 learn and to 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 use a, a variety of uh, skills that you you learned about in the corporate world. What was the the biggest challenge or the biggest difference in moving from the corporate world to entrepreneurial? I mean, you know, what did you learn as an entrepreneur that perhaps uh, you didn't have to face in the corporate world, or are those uh, skills, those leadership skills the same? Well, the leadership skills, they, they became more intense. You know, in corporate America, they talked to you about finance, but they had the CFO. So you didn't have to necessarily look at the day-to-day flow of cash because the CFO did that. The other difference uh-huh. was you knew every other week you had a paycheck. When you're out on your own, you've got to make that paycheck yourself. If not, you know, on the 15th and 30th, there's no guarantee that, you know, something's going to drop in your bank unless you have literally made provisions for that. And I think the mm-hmm. other way, it was so competitive that if you were going out as a coach, as a consultant, you had to be on top of your game. You you didn't want to be like everybody else because if you were like everybody else, then why would they pick you, especially if you're the new kid on the block? They would go, someone, mm-hmm. go with someone that's had, you know, far more experience. So you mm-hmm. had to really sell yourself. You had to have a brand. You had to have something that made you unique. You had to be able to show that end client that you could produce for them what they were expecting. And, you know, at first, when you first start off, you have no clients, so you can't say, well, I've done work for ABC, I've done work for this person. You've just got to step out there, and you really have got to sell yourself, and they have truly got to believe that you can do what you say you can do. And when you're first starting out, if you, in your contract, if you say you're going to do A, B, C, and D, you always do A, B, C, and D, but you give them E as well, because they will remember, because you went above and beyond. And, for example, if you say you're going to deliver by the 10th, you make sure you have it in their hands by the 7th, because Mm -hmm. that's the thing they're going to remember. And then when you ask them, can I use you as a reference, the answer is going to be yes, because they're going to remember two things. You got it to them early, and you gave them more than what you said you were going to get them. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about so. So, you have a company now, and 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 you work with uh, uh, high achieving women, executives, nonprofit leaders, and and others. So, tell us about your, your company and 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 what you do. Well, what I do, I provide services to predominantly women. I do have men clients as well. My clients are all over the United States, and a couple of times I've had a couple of people outside of the United States. 
but typically when they come to me, they are in corporate America. They do, they want to move up in corporate America. They may be at a manager level, and they want to know what skills that they need to put in place so that they can move up the corporate ladder. I have those that are in corporate America. They want to transition from corporate to starting their own company. And then if I'm working with someone who has a company, they want to know how do I expand my footprint in the marketplace? How do I get known? How do I get those big accounts? And if they're a nonprofit leader, they want to know how can I grow my nonprofit? How can I form collaborations and partnerships with other nonprofits, with other for-profit companies so that my my nonprofit can become better known. So all of them are looking to do several things. They're either looking to move up, move out, or change direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So taking it to the next level in, in some way, yes. shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, so what do you tell them? So, so let's say, you know, I came to you and I said, Dr. Lorene, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm doing a good job, but I want to do something more. What would be the first couple of things you would say to me? I think my first question is, I would ask them, do you know why? Because if you don't know your why, that's where we've got to start. We all have special gifts. We all have purposes. We all have things that we know that we are purposed to do. And it's one thing to say that I want to run a company, but what type of company do you want? Where does your gift lie? And I think that's the most important thing is understanding your why. And once you know your purpose, then we can take that and develop what you need to know. I call it the W-5 because I feel like not only do you need to know your why, which is your purpose, but you need to know your who, you need to know your where, you need to know your what, and you need to know your when. So when you can answer those five questions, then we can start to trot out a course for you and come up with a blueprint to get you from where you are now to where you want to be, and hopefully within the time frame that you have set for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I know you've, um, you know, you've coached and helped uh, hundreds of, of women who want to make this next level leap. What have you, what have you learned during this process about? women and how they make their leadership journey. And and what have you learned about power and how women use that? What I have truly learned is there are several types of women. You know, we can all be in business, but we are all, and we can all have the same business, but believe it or not, our skill sets could even be the same. But what's the biggest difference that I have found is the mindset. When women are designed or destined to be uh, the top CEO, they're destined to do big, 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 big things, they have a very different mindset than, say, someone who's content at making a six-figure. But say if you're wanting to make that seven or eight or nine-figure income coming in, uh, each year, the mindset is what is the separation, how you do business, whether you have a fixed mindset or whether you have a mindset that you it's a growth mindset. There are two types. And if the mindset is fixed, 
then you're going to stop at a certain level of income because that's where your mindset is fixed. But if you have that growth Mm -hmm. mindset, you're going to look beyond, say, six figures, and you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to put a limit on myself. This is what I'm going to do. And the other Mm -hmm. thing is that... Mm -hmm. They they look at finances differently. You know, there are some okay. people, they may say, well, gee, I want to drive a new car. Well, if you drive a new car, there's a cost that comes with that because you don't have the money maybe to put into your, you know, into growing your business. So there are always trade-offs, and it just depends on if the mindset is fixed or if the mindset is growth. It's a growth mindset, and where you see yourself, three, five, and seven years down the road. Mm -hmm. And so um, having this this larger-than-life vision and and goals that are are beyond your comfort zone, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. It's way beyond Mm -hmm. your – it's those those things that make you stretch. (laughs) I mean, mean, if you look at them and you're saying – oh, my God, did I write down that I was going to do that? And mm-hmm. here's the thing. When you're a power player, they write it. You know, a lot of us will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make six figures this year. I want to do this. And you, if you don't have it in writing, then it, it, it's as if it doesn't exist. Because when you start to write things, that's when you'll start to see things shift for you. And, you, and, 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 and you know, it's just like, if we go back to the biblical times, you write the vision and you make it plain. And mm-hmm. most people are afraid to put it in writing because they know at that point, wow, this is really real. I just wrote this. Gee, I'm, I think I'm going to have to step up to the plate. I'm going to have to do this. And, yes, you should. You've got to write it. And that was the one thing that I noticed with the power players. They write what they want to do. And when you so say write, you mean just like put down notes in a journal or in a uh, journal. write about I it? A, I actually have, I found it online, it's an oversized notebook. And I've okay. had this notebook, believe it or not, for almost 10 years. And mm-hmm. everything that I, every idea, anything that comes up, I write it. I keep a recorder by my bed. Because in the middle of the night, you'll wake up with ideas. And if you don't, and you'll think, oh, I'll, I'll remember tomorrow. Most of the time, you don't. Okay. You keep a recorder okay. by your bed. Um, when I'm driving, my phone, of course, obviously has a recorder. Anytime there's any idea, I, I record it. I write it. I use Evernote on my iPad. Because those mm-hmm. are the ideas that are going to separate you from someone else. Those are the ideas that when you're out there pitching your services, it's going to make that big of a difference. So those are the things that you want to write down. You want to write down your commitment. We're, what, 18, 19 days into this year. And Mm -hmm. everyone that's on this call should have their plan in place. They should have started putting their plan in place in November. My new year starts in November versus January because I'm in preparation November and December, so when the first of the year comes around, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. you know, you and want to be always. You're always doing things ahead of the game, if you will. Always ahead, and so, so always what you're ahead. saying. 
Okay, so what you're saying is just not think it, but actually put it to paper, write it down so that not only so that you won't forget it, but you see it in writing and it's real and continue to go back to it. Is that the idea? And you, could, you go back to it. I this, this big book of mine, I go back to it literally four to five times a week, and I'm always finding little nuggets. You know, something I may have written two years ago because I date everything, and I'm thinking, wow, this mm-hmm. is a great idea. I'm going to do this now. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. Because sometimes we'll get ideas that we're not quite ready for, but we don't want to lose them either because the time is going to come that we will be ready for them. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. why you All always right. want to write down everything. I, I, I'm big on that. If I don't write it, I'm I'm using my you know phone. I'm recording it. I'm putting it in notes. Okay. Okay. You know, you just got to keep track of everything if you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that in your work and, and your interactions and your being with the, the successful power players, that these are techniques and strategies that they use as their mindset. They have a growth mindset. They, they look at finances differently. They write things down. Are there other... Um, tips or strategies or things you've seen that power players do? Well, the other thing is they decide what their platform is going to be long before they may move into it. And when I say platform, what do you want your brand to look like three years down the road? It may not be Mm -hmm. that today, but what do you want when you grow up, for lack of a better word? And what they do is put that image and everything they do is for that three years down the road. I have had a, I had a client uh, five years ago, and what I said to him, I want you to build your infrastructure as if you are a major corporation. And he said, okay. And so anyway, he chose not to do that. And what I meant, what I was telling him, is that I wanted to for him to set up his company at minimum as an LLC. He chose not to do that. He chose to go get a DBA. So for five mm-hmm. years, he built his company around this name that he had. And then he came back to me five years later. He says, okay, now I'm ready to do my LLC. And his name was unavailable. So he mm. had built a company mm. with a name that belonged to someone else because he chose to do okay. a DBA versus making uh-huh. his company truly legal, so he has okay. to start all over again. So okay. how you build, if you think about when you build a house, the foundation is the most important part of that house because if that foundation is not sound, it doesn't matter how beautiful the walls, you know, everything that you've got in it, if the foundation is not there, the house is not going to stand the test of time. It's going to start to crack, crumble, and all those sort of things. The foundation is the key, and that's what power players do. They build their foundation early because they've looked further down the road. They know Mm -hmm. for a fact, I'm going to do this, and they start the process from day one so they Mm -hmm. don't have to go back and reinvent like this gentleman I was making reference to Five right. years, he built something that belonged, a name that belonged to someone else that he never could use. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you, 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 as you, I like how you put it, uh, what do you want to be, what do you want to look like when you grow up? And so you see that vision, and then you kind of back into it. And that's what uh, Stephen Colby always talks about, and I know you were, uh, you authored one of the chapters in his new book. So, you know, it's the same kind of thinking about how you see that vision uh, and what you want to be, and then you kind of work back uh, to, to and you act working backwards. You, you you see the end, if you will, and then you work backwards. Yes. And what you're Absolutely. doing, you're taking, you're packaging all of this genius that you know that you're going to have, and you're working backwards. You may not have it all, but you you're kind of putting your package together because we all mm-hmm. have a genius within ourselves, and the goal is to package it. You know, the goal is to come up with these powerhouse ideas that's going to separate yes. us from, you know, someone else. And then the other thing that they do, they master their craft. Power players master their craft. Ah, whatever it okay. Is, whatever their genius might be, they master it. So let's just say you may want to start a business uh, in financial planning. They master that mm-hmm. craft. They understand financials. They know how to read. You know, even if they have to take a night class, they become the master of it. So whatever it is that you're doing, you want to be the master. You want to be the expert. And you want to be able to say mm-hmm. that this is something, this is your expertise. And when you say yes. that, you've got to be able to back it up. Okay. And, and so, yeah, that's that's really um, a, a, another good tip you, you've given us because you're, you're saying you need to always constantly be learning. And, and, and uh, yeah. upping up your game. Right. And, you know, so many other people will say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. But when I say find your why, what I'm really saying to you is find out what lane you need to be in, stay in your lane, and be brilliant in the lane based on your gifts. Mm-hmm. Because I can yeah. tell you, well, you may want to do this, you may want to do that, but if that is not your gift, sometimes you've got to quit giving other people the microphone and the stage in your life and you've got to know where you need to be, and that's the path that you need to travel so that you can package your genius based on the gifts that you have. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, you know, Dr. Lorraine, our time is winding down, but I, I definitely don't want to leave without really getting into some of that why. Um, you know, why do you do the things you do, and, and what kind of legacy do you want to to, to leave as being the leader that you are in influencing so many other high-achieving women. I, I do know that you devote an awful lot of your time in community service and, and you feel it's an important part of leadership. But, but tell us, you know, why do you do what you do and is that part of what you want to leave as your leadership legacy? It is definitely part of what I want to leave as my leadership legacy because I truly believe in the three G's that you gather, you grow, and then you give. And gather is learning because the more you learn, the more that you can, you know, help other people, the more that you can grow yourself. And as you grow, you certainly want to be able to give back. But I would like my legacy to be I would love, and I'm working towards that, I have a passion for women and children living on the street. And one of my goals is to be able to help those women, whether it's a shelter, whether it's 
providing a program for them whereby they can learn the skills so they can get off the street and raise their children, not under a bridge or not living in a shelter, but literally in a home environment so that they will understand that as women, we can have more than, we're not less than, we can always be more than. So my, you know, that's the legacy that I would like to to leave is to be able to help other women, you know, take a step up. You know, just do the mm-hmm. best, be the best you that you can be, and you know, and to raise your children in such a manner that they have that same heartbeat of being a servant, of being able to give back, but also being able to make the monies so that they are in a position to help others. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, the three Gs, you said, to, to gather, get all the information, to grow, to to be bigger than you are, to know what you're going yes. to be when you grow up. And then that third one, that giving, and I, I know you give, I know... I know you uh, volunteer at a food pantry. You and I have chatted about all the volunteer and community service work you do. Phenomenal. Now, Dr. Lorene, if people want to get in touch with you, what's your website? How can they do that? Uh, my website is drlorene.com, and that's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-E-N.com. And if they're really interested in going from E-suite to C-suite, I write, there's several blog series that really cover that whole gamut of how to move from corporate to entrepreneurship, and there's uh, there's a download on the 7.5 strategies for being a power player, and if they would like to work with me, they can certainly call me up. There's, you know, my phone number is on the website. Thank you so much. And please, yes, visit com. You'll see her blogs. They're phenomenal. I enjoyed reading all of them. And thank you again, uh, Dr. Lorene. We're going to have you back, and we're going to talk about uh, some more about going to the next level and having that kind of power within. So thank you for joining us today, and for our listening audience, if you have comments or ideas about other leaders you'd like to hear from, please visit um, my website at Dr. Geneva Speaks, and stay tuned for our next show when we inspire great leaders. to Dr. Geneva Speaks, Dr. Geneva Williams, an expert facilitator and leadership coach, lecturer, and keynote speaker. For more information on Dr. Geneva, visit her online at www.drgenevaspeaks.com. That's drgenevaspeaks.com.